the Apple Store, if you have one of those devices. They're of the devil, but uh, I'm more the Android side, uh, but uh, more sanctified, of course, but uh, I kid, I kid. Oh, you got an iPhone? All right, so. It's, you forgive me. Okay, all right. But uh, we are we're five days in and really enjoying. So what you can do is read through the passages. It's usually three or four chapters. Too aggressive, and you can actually listen to it, too. Uh, if you if you find it difficult to sit down and read for any length of time, you just hit play and let it read to you. Uh, it's, a, it's an easy way to get through the Bible. And we're having a really good discussion uh, already, a bunch of people contributing to thoughts as we read through those passages. So uh, we also have, if you are not a smartphone user, um, use, using one of those flip phones, who does that? Who does that anymore? But if you have one of those flip phones and you'd rather just use... A, a printed-off copy of the reading plan. We do have a bunch of copies printed and on the back table, so uh, do uh, avail yourself of that opportunity. But but a great chance, and you don't have to go back to the beginning. You can pick up right where you're at uh, and start reading with us uh, now if you want. Uh, we'd be happy to have you in that group. Uh, um, there's a, a two, three pastors in there, a bunch of people that have a lot of Bible knowledge. So if you have questions, you have uh, things you're wrestling with, it's a good place to do that. All right, I, I came back I ha- after having uh, a week off, uh, having the, the taking the kids to uh, Chicago, uh, family to Chicago. Um, just a spirit of, of thankfulness in my heart this morning, uh, and with the new year, a spirit of intention, intentionality. Um, I wanted to start with some some thank yous. First and foremost, uh, for um, there he is, Matt, uh, for stepping in uh, for the male vocals. Um, Roe was sick this morning, and uh, uh, Matt filled in very capably, and I, I appreciate him for that. Um, and uh, what a what a great voice he has! He's been hiding from us uh, all these uh, all these weeks. And we do uh, do pray for Roe. He's not feeling well right now. Um, he's getting the same stuff that's going around. So uh, pray for him to be made whole. He can be back with us next week. But thankfulness, I'm thankful for a number of things. I'm thankful for the time away. I'm thankful for a chance to get to know my kids again. I sometimes feel like we run through life sprinting from one event to the next. And it's, I don't just feel that way. That's the way life is sometimes. Uh, so it's great just to get a chance to, to sit down with them to a meal, uh, to talk to them, to, to get to um, just be with them. So I thank you for allowing me and my family to do that uh, last weekend. I'm thankful for uh, both Roe and my brother-in-law, David, uh, for helping put together a uh, DVD drive on the computer. That's going to allow the women's group, which I hear is, men are invited to, um, to the Tuesday group. Um, but they're, they're using a video-based uh, teaching series, so uh, that's going to be made possible uh, through the efforts of Roe buying the, the, the drive and my brother-in-law putting that in. Uh, so thank you to them. Uh, thank you to those that were involved in cleaning out the closets. These closets, yeah, go ahead. And uh, she doesn't mind me naming her. Uh, Peggy Wilson has been uh, working hard and diligently to get that cleaned out. Uh, it has been the bane of my existence since I came here. I walked in there, I thought, that's that's of the devil right there. Even even more than the Apple uh, iPhone um, is that is that storage closet uh, full of stuff. And it's looking awesome now, so I appreciate Peggy. I appreciate the ladies that took down the Christmas decor. And if you were here over the Christmas season, you saw that we had a lot of it. There wasn't just a tree, there was a, a veritable forest. I wasn't sure how to get up here. I got my compass out, and I was, but the reception here is not real good, so, uh, but they put all that stuff away, and I appreciate them uh, for that. 
those that are volunteering for the memorial service we're going to be having uh, tomorrow, uh, whether to sing or to, to cook or to put things together, really appreciate that as well. Um, one of the things I love about pastoring this church is all you have to do is ask. And people are ready and waiting to jump in and get involved and do those things. So I appreciate you all for that. And last but not least, I appreciate Ed. I appreciate Ed enough to put that picture on the slideshow. He was just getting off duty, and uh, he told me, actually left me a note in my office. He said, uh, take any spirit-led jabs you need to take at my expense. I owe, you owe me. And after watching the service last week, it's true. He, I owe him. Uh, so he, he took the liberty of, uh, of, of joking on me a little bit. But uh, it, all joking aside, he took on the lion's share of responsibility in my absence. Uh, he handled the, uh, the devotion for the men's breakfast. He handled the life group sermon. And if you've never done those types of things all in one weekend, that is a lot of stuff to get ready. Uh, and so I very much appreciate Ed. Uh, I'll leave the joking about Ed just to that picture that we've had posted and uh, and just say that I uh, really love and and, uh, and appreciate Ed. Um, last thing, actually, I said that was the last thing. This is actually the last thing. I know we're all thankful that the Patriots are no longer playoffs. Go ahead, Matt. We have a Patriots fan among us, but uh, the dynasty is over. The dynasty is over, and we're thankful for that. Let us let the rest of us have a chance. All right. Feeling very thankful this morning. Also feeling very intentional. It's like a lot of you. You start a new year excited about resolving to do some things that maybe you kind of fell off the wagon with last. Maybe kind of the middle or the end of the year, or let's be honest, February. We were already we already neglecting our resolutions by February, but. I saw this time coming a few months ago, and I started planning. I thought, man, here's 2020. We really need to work on casting the vision for the church. And a terrible pastoral pun came upon me. Go ahead and get the next slide there. It's already up there. We're going to be talking today about a pursuit of 2020 vision. And as terrible as that pun is, and as many times as I was warned against using that by other pastors, I was simply not dissuaded. I was, uh, I thought it too clever to miss that opportunity. So we're going to be uh, looking at uh, 2020 vision for Ignite uh, this year. You might call it subtitle Spiritual Laces. Anybody have that done? You're all wearing glasses. Rick, all right. Um, yeah, <laughs> puns of plenty. Coming to a city near you. Uh, but uh, no, we're excited. Um, in fact, our first series of messages um, will probably span a couple months, and it's going to be more of us kind of chasing after that 2020 vision uh, here for Ignite. Uh, with all that stuff out of the way, let's uh, let's go ahead and open a word of prayer before we get into the message. Lord and Father, we thank you for this opportunity. For as long as we have freedom to meet freely and openly, we, Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, we pray that we would have the courage and the tenacity, the perseverance to meet even one day, maybe when it's not as comfortable, not as easy, not as legal even. Lord, as we look at um, our thoughts for this morning, Lord, we we don't want to waste anybody's time here. We need your presence, your power to be able to make sure that that's not the case. So, Lord, I'm asking, make something beautiful out of the message that I have to speak. Might, might the words that I speak be the ones that you have for me to speak? Might I get out of the way? 
say what you want to say to those here, whether it be conviction, whether it be inspiration, motivation, encouragement, or whatever people are in need of here this might they receive that and more for having been here. Bless our time together. We pray these in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so before we jump into the uh, the idea of a 2020 vision, and most of the stuff I'm going to talk about today will not be unfamiliar to you. Uh, but I want to take a second just to look back. I want to look back and appreciate, first of all, the sovereignty of God in doing what he is doing here at this church. Uh, most of you know, and I won't get into the story of me coming here, but I, uh, it, it's not, there's a thousand different scenarios, maybe a million different scenarios where we don't end up here, I don't end up here, and this isn't happening right now. This building is still vacant. It's still cobwebs growing in the corners of the, of the, of the ceiling. There's still cracks in the parking lot that need to be tended to. There's still uh, grass that needs to be cut. Appreciate the sovereignty of God in the, in the time and the places where you don't know that he's even working. Most of you know that, uh, I'll just share this part again, but uh, most of you know that my wife and I used to come to this building when it was sat vacant. We'd walk around this building and pray over this building. That God would put a church in this building. I'm to put a church I was pastoring in this building. But he had other plans. So when, when Pastor John came to me, he said, uh, we bought this building. I said, I did pray that God would put a church there. He just put the wrong church in there. And, uh, but that's not true at all. So while I appreciate the sovereignty of God, I also appreciate the obedience of Pastor John. If any of you have ever, have ever told leadership of a church, you feel called to go plant a church, you feel called to go pastor a church, you would think that that would be met with excitement and uh, encouragement and pats on the back and how can we help? Hey, that's not the normal story. The, the normal story is to challenge, to question, to second guess, to even assume the worst. But despite all of that, Pastor John felt the call. He felt it strongly in his life. He said, I'm, I'm going to plant that church. And then you all who made, had, had the, the faith and the faithfulness to say, we think that building has our name on it. And you pursued this building. And Pastor John, when it was time to move on, had the faith and the courage to reach out to a guy, kind of a hard-headed guy, no, I'm that guy, and say, hey, I think the Spirit's telling me to tell you that you're supposed to be the next pastor of this church. But that can't be. Uh, but I said, that's fine that he told, talked to you, but he needs to talk to me. Um, and uh, over the period of the next several weeks, uh, talk he did. And too loudly and too clearly for me to ignore it. And so I see the sovereignty of God weaving a story together that we are, yes, we are involved in, but God is weaving this thing anyway. And I'm just thankful to be a part of it. As part of our looking back, I want to celebrate some recent milestones. It's not my, uh, it's not my sort of MO to be looking back in the rearview mirror and thinking about, oh, look at all we've accomplished. I'm a forward thinking kind of guy. Where do we need to go from here? But I do want to take a minute just to celebrate some of the things that, uh, that have happened over the last six months that, uh, that we've been here, that we've been able to, to watch happen. Uh, first of all, and, and probably foremost is, uh, is the pastoral transition. You know, a lot of you could have said, you know what, we're, we were, we were in with the last guy, but we're not in with this next guy. We're not sure where he's going, what he's doing. Uh, and, and most of the time when a new pastor takes over a church, 
Most of the time you see a pretty serious slump in attendance. You see a, you see a, a period of, uh, of sort of difficulty and uh, trying to get your bearings again. Uh, and by and large, that did not happen here at Ignite. Um, a, a few people, I think, did leave. Um, that's their prerogative. I have zero hard feelings of, about that. And if they're uh, watching or listening right now, you're as welcome back as you ever were before. Nothing but a, a hug waiting for you, a pat on the back, and, and welcome home. That's, that's what you have waiting for you. But, but, uh, but I just appreciate all of you that, that stuck it out and said, you know what, we're not sure what this guy's all about. But we're here anyway because God called us to this body, not just to a person. And I, and I hope I, and I pray that if, if I walk out of here and get hit by lightning or, or a bus, that you are so dedicated to each other that it doesn't matter that I'm gone, that you're just going to keep on going. Because you're committed to these people in this time, in this place. So thank you for that. I appreciate that about you. Some other lesser things, but important nonetheless, we saw the parking lot resealed. A lot of work. Men and women came together to clear that parking lot several times, to steel coat the parking lot, to restripe the parking lot. I think we were up to about 120 personnel hours that went into doing all that um, and saving thousands of dollars because you all were willing to. We saw roof repair after roof repair after roof repair, didn't we, Jeremy? Um, and uh, I appreciate, so appreciate the efforts that went into uh, finding leaks and repairing them to try to help, help us limp along until we have the money to put a new roof on this building. So the ladies get away to a retreat in the last six months. Uh, you can come back recharged and, and motivated, energized about, uh, about the kingdom things. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful also uh, for uh, speaking of the women's ministry, uh, that uh, as capable and as, as good at what she did as Jen was, that you welcomed Patty into that position as much as you did Jen when she was here. And so I'm thankful for that as well. I want to be, uh, take a minute to celebrate uh, new members and those who have been in attendance since we, uh, since we did this transition. Um, God has been good. He's been good to us in 2019. He's going to be good to us in 2020. And I'm excited about what the future holds for Ignite Christian Church. But look, we don't want to just look back. We don't want to just look in the rearview mirror and say, well, isn't that cool what he did? Uh, because we serve a God who isn't, didn't do, he is doing. Uh, he's not done yet. He, he's interested in our 2020. Uh, and interested, he's going before us into 2020, laying the groundwork for us to be able to do some things in 2020. So as we think about uh, the new year upon us, we think about uh, what that, what opportunities that presents us, we're moving forward. I've titled this section of my message, A Vision Within a Vision. I want to remind you, many of you may not know the church vision. You can go on the website and you can see that. Uh, the, the website's a work in progress. We're going to have more and more and more added to that, but uh, we do have our vision on there. Uh, our vision, as you read it, is invite, connect, commission. I have my own rendition of that. I want to add a connect to the front of that. Connect, invite, connect, commission. And I think you'll, uh, you'll see why here in a moment. But the first one is this. The first one is to connect. Because we meet here, and we, we meet here to sharpen our swords. We meet here to get ready for spiritual battle all week long. But then we spend our weeks out there. 
And so we need to be, in 2020, we need to be intentional about establishing relationships with people out there who we want to be in here. We want to connect with people in the community as the only Jesus, and hear me on this, the only Jesus that they might see. If you want to do an experiment, uh, ask random people at your place of employment or a school or wherever you find yourself most of the time, uh, ask them who they think Jesus is. Most of us take for granted that we have a a developed understanding of who Jesus is. You walk outside of this building, and you'll find all sorts of people who have no idea who Jesus is. You may be the only Jesus that they ever encounter, and we need to be busy about encountering them with Jesus, connecting with them outside of here. You know, the Bible calls us ambassadors. Paul characterized us as ambassadors for Jesus, ambassadors for For Christ, the word ambassador means this, a person who acts as a representative or promoter of a specified activity. We are called to be representatives of Jesus in this world that we don't call our own. We are aliens in a land not our own. And Jesus calls us to be ambassadors to that effect. But we're also called to be the body of Christ. Uh, That's the more familiar metaphor for us. You may have heard the expression, we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. There's been poems and songs written that to kind of communicate that need for us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. It comes from the analogy of the body of Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and elsewhere. And as the song says, if we are the body, why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? Why aren't his feet going? Uh, The answer is because by and large we've been content to just keep that message, that life-altering, life-transforming message to ourselves. We need to be busy about connecting with people out there, establishing meaningful relationships so they want to know what's going on in here. The hands and feet of Jesus. Hands to care for those that Jesus cared for. One of the defining measures in the Bible given for who was one of Jesus' disciples was whether or not you cared for the least of these. Matthew chapter 25, as he's separating those that are his from those that are not, he says there's going to be a lot of people that think they're in. He's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. But one of the defining characteristics of those who were his is that you saw somebody hungry and you fed them. You saw somebody thirsty, you gave them something to drink. You saw somebody naked and you clothed them. You saw somebody in prison and he went to visit them. Your lives were characterized by the grace that Jesus shed on us and showered on us. Your life becomes characteristic of that same grace. The hands to care for those that Jesus cared for. The feet to carry the good news of the gospel to those that desperately needed. In Romans chapter 10, Paul says, How will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they're sent? And go and are obedient to it. And that's not just me preaching. That's everybody in this room that knows Jesus. That you're getting outside of this building and you're telling people about him. How beautiful the feet of those who bring good news. So we connect. We also invite. We invite people to church to get to know Jesus. Uh, Look, again, like I said, uh, most people outside of here will have some rudimentary understanding of who Jesus is. And that's all it is, is rudimentary and mostly inaccurate. 
Now, most people think they know who Jesus is, uh, but if you start asking that question, you'll find out that they know very, very little. So you establish that connection, you bring them in, and they get more teaching. They understand more fully who Jesus is, what he's done for them, so that they in turn want to share that with other people as well. So we connect and we invite. The second connect, what we do here as brothers and sisters in Christ, we build meaningful relationships with God as a center. Build meaningful relationships with God as a center. You know, Jesus said that his disciples, those that follow him, would be known for the love that they have one for another. That would be the thing that characterized and separated us from everyone else. And man, those people love each other so much. I can tell they're a disciple or a follower of Jesus. Not just love, but also unity. And love and unity are the two probably most important things a church can have. In Psalm chapter 133 and verse 1, the psalmist says, How good and pleasant when God's people live together in unity. But the opposite of that is true too, isn't it? How good and pleasant when we do, and how awful and unbearable when we don't. And I've had the privilege of being in both places. How good and pleasant when God's people live together in unity. And Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, he says, Let there be no division among you. In John chapter 17, the great high priestly prayer, Jesus is praying for his apostles, but also for the rest of the world. He says this, verses 20 to 21. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. A part of the authenticating, it's a word I couldn't say this morning in life group. I'm glad it came out well that time. Part of the authenticating of the message of Jesus, the message of the gospel, is that we are unified, that the bonds that we share are unbreakable. When the world looks in and they see us uh, with these unbreakable bonds, they say, man, something special is going on there because I don't see that anywhere else. But when we're characterized by infighting and gossip and slander and, and, and beating people down, it's, it becomes the reason, the stench to the world of, of hypocrisy that keeps them from coming in this building. They say, I don't need church to be a hypocrite. I'm doing that just fine by myself. We should be unified, so unified that we mimic the closeness of the triune God. That's what Jesus wanted for us. So to love one another and be unified. And let me just say this, that um, division, as Paul spells it out, is not, does not mean disagreement. Uh, we're going to get into this a little bit more in a moment, but uh, the idea of you and I agreeing on every theological and doctrinal detail is not something I would pursue anyway. Um, so what Paul's saying is not that we cannot disagree with things. You can't have a difference of opinion. You absolutely can. And the more you study, the more you study this book, the more disagreements you will have with people because you'll find yourself changing your mind about what you thought you knew so much about before. Invite, connect, and commission. Purposely follow Jesus and teach others to do the same. We get this from the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28. A recent Barna poll uh, was, was done. Thousands of believers were asked this question. What is the Great Commission? 51% of them didn't know. And that's not a shot at any of you who maybe don't 
know either. Uh, But if Jesus left with one command, one thing that he wanted to leave in the minds of the disciples before he ascended into heaven, you think he'd probably give give you the nugget of, uh, of real important truth that he had to share, right? And that is the Great Commission. The Great Commission is that we make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey all his commands. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I'll probably say it a a thousand more times. Discipleship, discipleship, discipleship. If we get discipleship right, we get everything else right. Discipleship, for for the person who doesn't know the word, it's kind of a Christian term, is simply following Jesus. So what I'm saying by that is, if we get following Jesus right, everything else is right too. We don't need to worry about infighting. Those things will come and go, but it won't characterize our church. And our job is to make disciples of all people that we come into uh, come into uh, knowledge of and, and cross paths with. And so that's the church vision. Invite, connect, commission. Uh, and a few months ago, I actually laid out uh, a way that maybe we could get there or help, help us to get there. Um, if you were not at the uh, informational meeting in October, uh, then maybe you're less aware of this, but I have uh, said pieces of it uh, throughout sermons and messages uh, since then. Uh, but I also have a, a pastoral or practical vision uh, I want to lay before you. It's nothing new. It's, it's not new to me. It's not new uh, in the world. But it's a simple but I think important concept that if we get this right, it'll help everything else as well. Uh, the concept is this, thinner, better, bigger. Uh, I've stolen this, or borrowed, for those that are bothered by the idea of me stealing something. I borrowed this from Andy Stanley, who stole it from somebody else. And, and the story, real quickly, is this. Um, that the, the CEO, or the founder of Chick-fil-A, was in a, a board meeting. And they were, I think it was the early 90s, and they were getting ready to have some competition. Uh, Boston Market was was beginning, kind of the up-and-comer. They sold a similar menu. And so they're sitting around this board meeting for Chick-fil-A and saying, we have to get bigger, we have to get bigger, we have to get bigger. Uh, And and the normally quiet founder and and board member uh, began to pound his fist on the table. And this was uncharacteristic of him, who most people thought most of the time wasn't even engaged in the conversation or care about the conversation. But he began banging on the table. Until he had all their attention. He said, I'm tired of this talk of getting bigger, getting bigger, getting bigger. Uh, Bigger menu, more locations. I'm tired of it. He said, what you need to do is figure out how to get better. And when you get better, the public will demand that you get bigger. And while that's a fairly secular concept in its own right, I think God will bless our attempt to do the same thing here at Ignite. To be good at the things that we have to be good at. And so to get there, we start out with thinner. That, That was my addition to it. Is thinner. What do I mean by thinner? It's not a diet plan. I'm not, uh, though it is, it is time for those, right? We all got a little, little pudgier than we plan on getting around the, around the holidays. I was trying to keep my, limit myself to like four or five thousand calories a day. But you all with the chocolates and stuff you kept giving to us, Antonio looking at you, but, uh, all the chocolates I had at the house, they had to be eaten, right? They had to be eaten. So we're not talking about a diet, though. Uh, We're talking about a a practical concept. So thinner, what I presented in October was this, uh, that as I'm getting my bearings, I just wanted to take in the DNA of Ignite. We didn't want to add a 1,000 events to the calendar. Uh, We wanted to thin out our calendar, thin out our schedule, so we could identify those things that we had to be good at. 
So as a practical measure, the more plates you have spinning, the, the more difficult it is to keep those plates spinning, right? And so we wanted to thin things out practically. Uh, but we also wanted to thin things out geographically, and we've been doing that with our, with our uh, ministry. Uh, so we don't want to, we want to get to the place where we're, we're reaching Africa, we're reaching uh, Asia, we're reaching uh, the Middle East with, uh, uh, with Bibles and with uh, sp- sponsorships and donations and things like that. But we, want to, we don't want to get there having skipped the neighbor next door. And so one of the things that we're, we're intentionally doing this year is narrowing our focus, and we've actually already done that. Uh, we've, we've let some ministries know that we're, we're actually not able to support right now. We want to make sure we're doing all the things for the people in our community that we are supposed to be doing. And so we're thinning our focus geographically. geographically. I think it's a very uh, Acts 1-8 model. Uh, where, uh, Jesus said to his disciples, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. But they started in Jerusalem. They started in their backyard. They started where God had them physically located. And we have a responsibility to some of the people. There's, uh, you don't need to look very far to find people that are hurting, people that are uh, addicted, people that are, uh, their lives are a mess here in this community, in the surrounding community. So we want to focus our efforts geographically to uh, those people right in our own neighborhoods. The reality is this, it's a biblical concept that the more consistent and faithful we are with little, God will bless us with more. The more he says that they've handled their one talent, I've given them very well, I'm going to give them two. They've handled their two very well, I'm going to give them five. And so for the moment, we have our money and our ministry closer to home as we thin things out geographically. But this is the most important one. This is one that I really want you to to wrap your hands around and and, uh, and join me in. And that is thinner theologically. Now, you may have the wrong impression when I say that thinner theologically. Uh, That I mean, we don't care about theology. Anybody who knows me knows that's not true. I love theology more than I love my kid. I'm just kidding you. It's very important that we have our theology right. Um, but a number of months ago, I, I preached a message called the Kingdom Creed. And in that message, I laid out about seven or eight principles, all coming from the Apostles' Creed, an ancient document, a testament of their ancient faith. I said, if we get all these things, if we agree on all these things, it doesn't really matter what we differ on. If we get all these basic concepts right, it doesn't really matter what we differ on. We have a very unique uh, opportunity here at Ignite. We're kind of a a melting pot in this area. A couple churches that come together and people from all walks of life come together. The moment we start focusing on the things that we differ with each other with, we start getting off course. But if we could just focus on Jesus, the author, and the finish of our faith, the cornerstone of what we do, that we won't need to worry about those minor things wherein we disagree. Because again, the more that you study this book, it's a big, big book. The more you study this book, the more you find that you will disagree with people. And that's okay. Disagreement and difference of opinion is not the same as division. Division is a heart condition. We want to take on what I uh, have, again, borrowed. No, there's no original thought. Can we just admit that? So everything I'm saying here is somebody else's at some point. Uh, But we want to take on a generous orthodoxy, uh, meaning that regardless of what people come in here uh, believing, as long as they have those core things correct, those core things right, that we accept them exactly as they are. A generous orthodoxy. The thinner leads to better. As we narrow our focus, we can devote more time and energy to what's left. 
And that's just a practical truth and reality. Again, not to keep plugging too many of my past messages, but they've kind of become uh, foundational uh, to uh, the way in which God has led me to lead. Um, but a number of months ago, I spoke on kingdom excellence. I said we all have areas in which we can tighten screws and we can get better. We can, we can identify areas where we are not hitting all the marks. And so I've asked those uh, that are uh, organizers, coordinators, leaders in this church to be looking in their respective areas of responsibility, uh, to be looking for those areas where we can be better. As we narrow that focus, it's uh, easier to do so. For instance, being better at local ministry. Being better at loving those that we differ with. And ultimately, because of those two things, being better ambassadors for Jesus on this earth. Ultimately, we hope that leads us to being bigger. But let me, let me say this at the outset. I'm not talking about numbers. Every pastor, every preacher wants more people in the building because the, we deal in the currency of human souls. All right? And so uh, this isn't, if you all weren't here, I wouldn't be here either. All right, so numbers do matter, but they're not primary. A primary importance is that God makes us bigger spiritually, makes us more mature, makes us day in and day out more like Jesus. That's the point. We trust God to add to our number as we are faithful to that cause. In Luke chapter 16, Jesus, uh, uh, he, he commends this shrewd manager, which if you read the passage, Luke 16.10, if you read that passage, it's actually kind of deceptive. But, but Jesus, Jesus applauds the fact that he, he is wise in his dealings with people. He's shrewd in his dealings. He knows what his master wants, and so he goes and gets that for him. And he says he was faithful. The end of the passage ends this way. He was faithful with little, and he that is faithful with little will be faithful with much. A similar truth is uh, met out in Matthew chapter 25, in the parable of the talents. One servant was giving one talent, one servant was giving, given two, and one given five. And, and each of them took uh, a different approaches to how they were going to handle those talents. Uh, one just decided to bury what he had in the backyard until his uh, boss or his master would come home. Uh, the other two wisely invested what they had, and they made more of it. And, and again, the master comes back and he says, look, the servant that just buried it in the backyard, I'm not, I'm not proud, not pleased with you. Um, you did nothing to try to increase my wealth. Uh, but those that invested, those that made more of it, he says, you've been faithful with the little that I've given you. I'm going to, I'm going to give you more to be responsible for. And so as we are responsible to carry out well the duties that God has given us here in Braidwood, here for this time and this place, God will bless our efforts. And he will bless in the growth of this church, both spiritually and numerically. I'll just share this with you, that I, I have a personal uh, sort of attachment to the number 200 in this area, in this church. And I didn't come to that arbitrarily. I came to that number um, as, as a number that God just kind of dropped into my heart. But there's, there's enough space in this building, and there's enough people out there that need what's going on in here. That just the, two, the number 200 came to mind. And a couple weeks later, uh, Pastor Larry came through. And he spoke on evangelism. He said, you know what, Jeff? I just, I just feel like Ignite's going to hit that 200 mark. And then Ed came by. And he said, you know what? I just think, I think 200's our number. 
And it just over and over and over again, God confirmed that, that he has more to do here. There's people hurting out there. We'll be patient with what he's doing because we don't want to rush that. We want to be spiritually mature first. Uh, God will bless in number after he's, we've been faithful in what he's given us to do. But as we're responsible to carry that out well, God will bless our efforts and increase our influence in this area and build our church. It's his church. He's building his church and his kingdom. I'm excited about the coming months ahead. I'm excited about the work ahead of us. I'm excited about doing the things God's called us to do, increasing those efforts. I'm excited about the leaders coming back to me and saying, hey, I've identified this thing and that thing that we can really improve upon. I'm excited about God blessing all of that. And I'm excited about pointing, ultimately pointing more and more people to Jesus because that's what this is all about. We don't want 200 people in this building to have 200 people in this building. I don't care about that. I want 200 Jesus followers in this building, each week praising his name, lifting high his name, magnifying his name. That's what we want. We want to be, we're just broken down signposts pointing to Jesus. And that's all we want. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up as we close here in a word of prayer. But do what you can to embody and embrace that uh, the vision of this church, invite, connect, commission, uh, but also to be responsible about how we do it, the thinner, better, bigger. I think that God will bless uh, that approach, and I'm excited to see him do so. Let's close in a word of prayer. Lord, once again, we thank you for our time this morning. We thank you, Lord, for um, being here with us. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for this uh, group of, of loving and lovable people. We just pray, Lord, that we would be, you would help us to be faithful with the job that you've given us to do. Uh, Lord, and we'll just trust you with the increase. We'll trust you with uh, what's to come. Lord, might we not get ahead of ourselves or ever think that any of it was because of us. May we always realize in the core of our beings that uh, this is all about you. we build our lives, we build this church, might we recognize that it's your church. And we thank you for what you're going to do with it. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.